0: Monumental Savings Event is happening now at Unclaimed Freight Furniture. Shop an unmatched selection of styles now 20% off. Plus, take time to pay with five years no interest financing. Fine guaranteed lowest prices on home accents starting at just $129. Doorbuster Living Room Fines over 40% off. Can't miss marble dining sets under $700. Plus, thousands off complete bedroom additions. Hurry to shop these monumental savings in-store at Unclaimed Freight Furniture or shop now at unclaimedfreightfurniture.com.
1: HD Smartcast
2: You are listening to a Live Mint Production brought to you by HD Smartcast
0: Hello and welcome to Mints uh, Pivot or Perish series where we look at the key issues which are shaping our lives in the post COVID world from the lenses of businesses and enterprises As all of you already know that the theme today is India's banking sector which is undergoing a rapid transformation with the new normals in place Joining us this evening are some of India's brightest minds from the industry, who will, in the course of the next one hour, discuss in detail the issues which are shaping the industry as we speak. Also, joining me here is my co host and colleague, Rajrishi Singh from MIT. So, without taking more time, it's over to you, Rajrishi, to get the conversation going.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Devoshi. Uh, good evening, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Pivot or Perish. So today, the focus of attention is the banking sector, which in some ways is the barometer for the economy. The first two months of fiscal 2021 have been extraordinary. Um, We're going to have some extraordinary changes in our life, in the way we work, in the way we play. The year is not going to be what we thought it was, uh, what we had estimated initially. Um, this This evening's conversation will hopefully give us some idea of where the banking industry is headed. So without wasting much time, let me introduce you to the uh, stellar panel that we have today with us. Uh, We have with us uh, Arundhati Bhattacharya, former chairman of uh, State Bank of India and currently chairman and CEO of Salesforce India. Uh, We have Zareen Daruwala, who is the chief executive of Standard Chartered Bank India. Um, We have Arijit Basu, managing director of State Bank of India, India's largest commercial bank, We V. Vedyanathan, uh, Chief Executive of IDFC First Bank, and we have Mr. Milan Sheth, who's Executive Vice President, India, Middle East and Africa for Automation Anywhere. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this show. It's a pleasure having you all on the show. Um, So, without wasting much time, let us dive deep straight away. And my first question uh, is to Arundhati Bhattacharya. Ma'am, as a former chair of the country's largest commercial bank and as the country head of a key software company, can you help us map uh, what the next 6 to 12 months will look like both for the economy and for the Indian banking industry?
3: Well, I think, you know, the Indian banking industry, like the rest of the economy in India, yeah. was already facing a number of challenges uh, when the pandemic hit. And uh, obviously, you know, problems are only multiplied. And therefore, the challenge is also very, very high. But uh, that being the case, I think, you know, in the next few months, what the banks really need to do is how are they going to change the future. And the future is going to be extremely different from what they
4: have seen anywhere in the past.
3: So I think what's going to happen is that banks will more and more look at how they approach uh, the entire customer journey, whether they want to be uh, distribution-heavy and branch like whether they want to be asset light liability-heavy, transaction-heavy, or they want to be something different for the caller altogether. So it's going to be the individual banks will have to take a call as to how they see their future progressing. But one thing that will be uniform amongst all banks will be the fact that they will all understand that they have to be data-driven and they have to be more digital. Because today, all of these have to be delivered in an omni-channel manner. And you have to allow anybody and everybody to work from anywhere to be available, whether it be employees, whether it be customers, whether it be vendors, whether it be service providers. You will have to make those, uh, those arrangements so that this can become a reality. Because this is not something that's going to go away. So your disruptions can keep occurring. And as they keep occurring, you can't possibly, you know, suddenly stop your business because life has to go on. And therefore, I think, you know, your pivot or perish, the title is very, very telling. It is one of those rare moments when people really and truly do need to pivot, because if they don't, then they are looking at a very, very uncertain future.
1: So, um, let me uh, go to you, Zareen. Um, You know, you're the only foreign banker in this group. And as a foreign banker, you know, how does the pandemic and its effect on the economy change your bank's approach to business in India? Do you have a list of what's bankable and what's not bankable anymore? Uh, Has it changed from your earlier list? How are you pivoting?
4: So, though we are a foreign bank, we've been in the country for 160 years. I think we are more more Indian than, uh, you know, foreign in that sense. And uh, to my mind, uh, in terms of our long-term strategy, really nothing changes. But uh, as Arundhati said, I think in the next 12 months, uh, the way the customer behaves will also determine how we serve our customers. And uh, Clearly, because customers will be nervous about uh, face-to-face interaction, et cetera. So, a video KYC or <clears throat> as, as much as possible, usage of uh, digital channels will be the way forward. So, for example, in our corporate side, we have 99% of our customers, 99.5% of our customers uh, using our digital offerings, the internet banking and the works. Uh, similarly, in our uh, service journey for our customers, more than 70-75% is digitally enabled. And I think the endeavor is to take it to 90% at least so that you have very little uh, face-to-face interaction. And that's the way we are going to change the, our digital offerings in the next six to nine months. Um, having said that, on the sectors, uh, your question was, is, are there few sectors that you would uh, look at Um uh, not doing to my mind no I think there's always a winner in every sector and even if we see uh, sectors like uh, cinemas or hotels or uh, you know airlines I think it's a matter of six months to 12 months before the good players will bounce back so we are taking a slightly longer term view on our customers right now
1: so let me go to origin now. Uh, You know, as I said, we are truly in an extraordinary situation and uh, in normal downturns, working capital cycles stretch by 15, 20 percent. But this time, you know, it could shoot through the roof. Coupled with that is the RBI's regulatory forbearance on working capital loan repayments where it can be, you know, deferred working capital loan repayments can be converted into funded term loans. If you add all of this, um, what is, you know, going to be state bank's approach to loan uh, demands? So far, we've seen the banking industry has displayed extreme credit aversion. When will, you know, so we have enough liquidity. The RBI has made enough liquidity available in the market. When does liquidity infusion turn into credit creation?
5: So, I think there are two parts to your question. First is, uh, how do we uh, look at things uh, post uh, what has happened due to COVID? And the other one uh, relates to uh, what is being uh, written in uh, the media about our so-called, I'll put that in inverted commas, so-called credit aversion of the banks. And I think the two uh, issues are in some way interrelated. So as far as the first one is concerned, I think uh, when I speak for State Bank, I am speaking for largely the entire banking community. I think the banks were very quick off the block. As far as State Bank was concerned, we realized as early as around the 20th of March, even before the lockdown had been announced, that all our customers might need assistance. So immediately a 10% emergency line was offered to any uh, non-NPA account And uh, the good thing is that the customers themselves at that time were unaware of how things will pan out, how long the lockdown would be. So they felt very reassured that this line was being offered, but not all came forward. So two or three months down the line, what do we see? Uh, There are uh, many uh, enablers that have been given both by RBI as well as the government. Uh, I'm not getting into the details. We, you have also mentioned about um, loan deferment uh, about uh, uh, or the support that the government has given the 3 lakh crore uh, guaranteed scheme for MSMEs and so on and so forth. But what we find is that while the offers are being conveyed to the uh, borrowers, it is not necessarily that the borrowers are going overboard to take on more debt or necessarily take on even the term loan repayments. So, we very recently announced our first uh, Q4 results and in which there was a lot of queries about how many borrowers have actually availed of the term loan repayment, which is not more than around 20%. So, in a way that is healthy because uh, to link it to the other part of your question, I think what had happened was that the banking sector which had gone through unprecedented stress for quite some time uh, was finally being able to get its act together because uh, the larger banks, state Bank, we can speak for ourselves, we had been able to clean up our balance sheet and make adequate provisions to a very large extent. Now, given this scenario, I would try to address your question of credit risk aversion. For the last year or years. If you look at the Indian economy, uh, last year the final growth rate that has come is around 4.2%. This has been one of the lowest. Now, what does low growth mean? Low growth means that there is lack of demand and lack of sufficient investments which are coming in. Now, bankers can be ready to lend. Bankers are ready to lend, but there has to be takers for these loans. Now, that had not happened to the extent that we would have desired. But I personally feel 2021 and going forward the next couple of years would have been extremely healthy. The government also had taken a lot of measures to ensure that the economy gets back into track. Unfortunately, now we have the COVID situation in which two things will happen. One is, as Zareen rightly said, we need to support our customers, which we will be doing. We have already done and uh, because it is for the good of our customers, it is for good of our own self. If we don't support our borrowers now, the ones who have uh, yeah. given us no pain whatsoever, uh, we will be creating unnecessary, unnecessarily problems for them. But going forward, how much of growth can happen, how soon? That would depend on the various prognosis that is now out in the market. The best that I have heard is that first two quarters, of course, there will be negative growth. But Q3 onwards, there could be positivity coming back in the economy. And thereafter, I think, uh, we can get back into the growth mode, and we can have uh, lending picking up. As far as the retail side is concerned, the bank is trying its best. Uh, Already uh, in the second half of May onwards, uh, the retail demand is slowly coming back. Home loans and our personal loans especially are again seeing an uptick. So it will be... uh, A measured uh, kind of uh, way in which the banks will respond to this. But uh, I think I made my point clear about risk aversion because there is no risk aversion for good quality credit after we uh, go through the standard process. On the one hand, the banks are blamed that you have taken up poor quality credit and on the other hand, you are now being told that you have to go forward and lend irrespective of what the quality of the credit is. That cannot happen. But yes, for the MSME sector, I think they need a lot of hand-holding. And this 3 lakh crore, uh, which is being disbursed, I think by the entire June, we would be able to do quite a bit. That will come in very handy to at least see that they are supported.
1: Thanks. Uh, my next question is to Vaidyanathan, man who uh, is the youngest, perhaps, banker in this group and is the most agile who became retail head at a very young age of a large bank and then was headed insurance company, headed a finance company and now pivoted to a bank, a bank which was originally an infrastructure financing bank, which is also pivoted to a consumer retail financing bank. So you've got pivot written all over your CV, (laughs) Vedanathan. So the question is, you know, what kind of good do you think your bank will perform now? Um, you know, where do you see lending opportunities in the post-COVID world?
2: See, the. Uh, I was carefully listening to when Arijit was speaking and uh, I can understand all the comments going on right now in India. GDP low, demand low, companies going out of business, not able to pay salaries. And then what is the impact on businesses? It's It's on everybody's mind. But We should also know that after every of these crises, we look one year forward or six months or one year forward, that every single headline uh, that you uh, see would would be the reverse of what you're saying today. So if you might see that, look, sales are crashed 60%. Next year, at the same time, you'll probably see sales are up 60%. So the sentiment just one year forward would be very, very different. So I think, first of all, the key opening line I'd like to make is that the opportunity that all of us will see has not gone away. We're not going back in stone age. And therefore, uh, one year from now or six months from now, we could be seeing a very different, buoyant India, and you could just feel that this is a very bad dream. So I think this one picture should be on our mind. The second picture that comes to my mind is in this context of pivoting, which is the key subject of the discussion today, uh, is that if the opportunity is there, then the way people are going to access this opportunity is going to be very different because everybody knows, we all talk about it that now digital is going to become center stage. Uh, the ecosystem is becoming more and more digital regulators permitting more digital transactions, through EKYC, VDKYC, and all that stuff. Um, you know, uh, uh, the analytics and uh, credit bureaus and, uh, Jandhan, other mobile, all of them come alive. So that ecosystem is now a new way of of accessing the opportunity. Third thing is that, in my mind, is that if the way to access the opportunity is going to be different, my mind that big thing is going to be that India is going to become far more inclusive as a result of COVID, because digitization is is uh, is uh, is uh, uh, has made. Uh, many things possible and particularly COVID has accelerated a lot of things. So let me just say that, therefore, we have a huge, huge opportunity of creating an inclusive uh, India and inclusive banking in India as a result of this crisis as well as subsidization.
1: So, uh, Milan, uh, there are estimates that about 25% of all banking operations could be automated in the next couple of years, but I think, the COVID, you know, the COVID pandemic changes all of those estimates. In your view um, and in your work with various banks, um, what operations do you see getting, you know, digitized in an accelerated manner? You know, retail liabilities, retail assets, treasury, um, transactions. Where do you see, you know, accelerated digitization and automation happening?
6: So, so Rajesh, I think everybody touched on the digital as a as a new wave. Uh, if I take the learning from some of our global customers, so ANZ, J. Morgan, one of the big things we learned with them is uh, is that that they made uh, automation as a citizen initiative. So every every part of the organization uh, uh, automates, uh, not just specific to a function per se. But I think I think the the larger point, if I pick up from what Mr. Wedinathan said, that that the I see digital and going digital in a couple of other lenses also. So we are seeing automating heavily across functions. You know, you've, you've not had an opportunity to run contact centers, so you automate that, uh, and bots can do. Some of the technologies we provide can do that. Uh, you do you do the asset side, liability side. Uh, you also look at all the internal mid office and back office functions. Those are the obvious ones. I think the other piece which has come up in a big way is, uh, is document management because still in, in, my, in my view that a lot of uh, engagement we have physically is because in any bank, the amount of whether it's, a, you know, you're an insurance or you're a SEBI guided IRDA or RBI, the amount of document we manage internally and externally with customer. Probably that will make a massive change because the reality is that in the last three months KYCs have happened, accounts have opened, uh, transactions have been done, uh, and and hence that entire reliance which we had document whether PDF, digital, or otherwise probably will start getting automated. And probably the last piece at least we have learned, and I'm just taking from because some of the biggest global banks runs their operations from India. Uh, you know some of the names I took earlier. And they all ran their operations at 90 to 95 percent, uh, you know, recovery or resiliency rate, simply because they were they were a doing it uh, in a digitized format and b they were using a lot of non-human uh, interfaces like bots etc. So uh, I think Rajesh's comment is what everybody has said: move towards digital pivoting and accelerating that adoption probably. Uh, which which did not happen uh, for a variety of reasons, and I think that 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 clearly that barrier has has been surpassed. And you know, the private joke we all have, I'm sure even Induti might have heard this, is that what all our sales pitches and marketing over the last ten years has not done. I think in the last few months the overnight digital uh, you know adoption has happened, uh, sadly uh, in a in a bit of a, a bad way. But that I think is giving a phenomenal cost play as well for. New banks, uh, older banks, and so on. Let's uh,
1: yeah. yeah. pick a bit of, a bit of a response on that. Yeah, no, but I'm sorry, just to interrupt. Uh, you know, you said that a lot of documentation that you know it was still manual will get digitized. Uh, I think a lot of that was already digitized, right? Uh, you know, let's say trade transactions or other uh, transaction-related banking. Uh, a lot of it was already digitized.
6: Yeah, no, no. So it's digitized, but you still have PDF, Rajesh. What what you had is that you know, if I use a little bit of a uh, you know the banking terminology, the straight through processing rates. Yeah. If I look at the banks uh, or insurance companies in India, with let's say some of the new edge, uh, uh, you know, and probably IDFC First is a relatively a newer company will set the processes differently. But the legacy companies have a very limited mm-hmm. SPP rates today. And that okay. is what I'm referring to, you know, PDFs, emails. You know, you have an email trail going with 10 uh, grievances. You don't need that. I think you know, some of it can straight away be digitized and, and responses can be done.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, next question is to uh, Madam Bhattacharya. And the is, you know, RBI has granted banks uh, regulatory for, forbearance. Um, as it should. And a lot of other uh, central banks and regulators have also granted their banks regulatory forbearance. Um, But the worry is this comes on top of the stress that exists on bank balance sheets in terms of the NPA uh, that, you know, both in terms of, you know, the NPA that exists and the borderline NPAs that have not been recognized as yet. Uh, We've today carried a long-form story uh, by... Nara and formerly of Standard Chartered on the NPA uh, risks that banks uh, carry on their books. So, uh, how do you think you know will bank balance sheets emerge from this pandemic? What will they look like in March 2021? Um, and what kind of remedial measures um, do we need then at, in during March? You know, after March 2021.
3: Uh, So I'm saying this this is a question that probably would have been better answered by Arijit and Vaidyanathan, because uh, I am now more technology than uh, banks and economics. (laughs) But uh, I would like to take a shot at answering. You know something, Uh, for Indian uh, economy and Indian business, this is not the first VUCA event. Unlike what is being said about the rest of the world, uh, India experienced one such event, uh, which was very different and totally unexpected. Uh, when demonetization happened. And for a while, you know, all of the businesses had to change the way they were doing the business. Okay. okay. Of course, you know, the fact remains that at point of time, we didn't have this uncertainty of when the problem would end. We knew that there was a definite, a finite timeline of two months, three months. And while, you know, yes, a number of businesses did go under, there were a lot of difficulties but as Vaidyanathan said, a year down the line, people were recovering. People were beginning to look, you know, at uh, increased sales again, increased demand again. So, you know, the fact is that India as such, the economy is quite resilient. We must remember that. It is very resilient because of its demography, because of the number of people we have, the demand we have. And a lot of the demand emanates from the bottom, So, you know, if you are looking at the bottom right now, agriculture is not doing too badly. This time the monsoons are almost bang on time, and hopefully you know we will have good monsoons. And if that is the case, you know, there will be money in the hands of the rural population as long as the government is able to restore the supply chains, bring it to the market, do the procurement. So money will flow into the rural areas. The government is also planning to fund Narega which is, again, something that's going to definitely, you know, put more money in the hands of the people. Already the daily allowance for that has been increased. So, you know, there are several things that are being done in order to put money into the hands of the people at the bottom of the pyramid. The one big, uh, what should I say, problem right now is when do we see everything going back to near normal? We are not saying normal, but near normal. So, you know, where some countries took three months for the graph to turn, some countries took smaller time some countries will take longer time where is india nobody knows and that i think is the is the real you know issue right in front of us because you know a lot of people have been asking me that you've joined at such a terrible time but i will say you know in a way it's the best of times and the worst of times because it is obviously a terrible time but it's one in another way as vednath was or as uh, uh, Minard was saying it is also a good time because people are realizing that, yes, this is absolutely necessary. Digital is necessary. And believe me, for a company like ours, we have been delivering 98.9% of service, no disruption. Within five days, everybody was working from home. And we went into a lockdown five days before the government went into it. Okay, And the strangest thing is many of our uh, divisions are actually reporting increased productivity, okay, increased attendance. So you look at it in every way, there has not been any loss. And in fact, I was just joking with Vedinathan before this started, that, you know, when I was in SBI and we were trying for a work-from-home platform so that we could accommodate some of the ladies who needed to be at home but still didn't want to give up their jobs and we didn't want them to leave either. There was a lot of pushback saying that the moment you allow work from home, people are not really going to perform and they will, you know, laze on the job and you won't be able to monitor them. But, you know, today I now believe, you know, that misconception is very firmly put to rest. People will work even if you're not peering over their shoulders. There is no need to bring in everybody into an office, make them sign an attendance register. Much of this can actually be done from anywhere. And that freedom that we have got, we should not forget that. As we go ahead, that is what is going to ensure that our productivities go up, that our efficiencies go up. Many of the things we were not able to do properly before gets done properly now. So, you know, there are a lot of upsides and a lot of realizations that have accompanied this crisis as well. It is a crisis of humongous proportion. especially it's a human tragedy, actually, more than anything else. But because of the human tragedy, there is an impact on the economy. Having said that, I will say again that India is very resilient, extremely resilient. We are not dependent on any central uh, dispensation to do everything. There is a lot of uh, innovativeness, a lot of entrepreneurship in the, in the country. Milan is one such example, in fact, of entrepreneurship. So you see a lot of this energy in the, in the country. And I know that, you know, people will adapt to whatever are the change situations. But the fact is, people, now that they have the time to be at home and maybe they're slightly less pressured because business is not up to that level, this is really the time to strategize about how you want to take this forward. What are the changes that you want to make? What are the lessons that you have learned? What are the ways and means that will enable you to still keep your you know head above the water. And there are ways and means, believe me. It can be done.
0: Right. Uh, uh just uh, on that note, we will go to a couple of audience questions. Uh, viewers are posting questions on our social media handles. So there is Aniket uh, Okale, he's from Pune, he's an agricultural student, agriculture student of agriculture. He's asking, uh, will there in the in the change scenario post-COVID situation, will there be more focus on the priority sector? So, I mean, all the bankers are, you know, feel free to answer this question. And there is another question uh, from another viewer. Uh, He is asking uh, whether uh, banks, what kind of action banks are seeing on the MSME lending front? Are you seeing a lot of MSMEs lining up to, you know, borrow money? What are you seeing on the ground?
1: This was Alive Mint Production, brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.